0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Freedom Podcast. Kent Maddox here with Beverly Maddox. Beverly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm actually really well. We've had such a phenomenal weekend. I'm still just so jazzed about everything. I mean, so much planning and preparation went into our family day, and it was wildly significant
0: we've been on the run Uh, we just got back from scotland and we uh, we had an amazing time there with prophetess emma stark bev tell them about your time in scotland
1: well there's so much to say but first of all getting to go to power church was something else and still my favorite part of the whole day is when emma just asked everybody is this your first time here and where did you come from and they went around the room and one girl says Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite. My second favorite part, next to, of course, the anointing and the word, which was phenomenal, is when you share your story about attending Oxford. And there were actually three students from Oxford who thought it was brilliant. They loved every second. And, of course... you. Seeing Debs after all these years, I mean, it was amazing. Young lady
0: named Debs is the worship leader there, and we've known her since she was, gosh, 10, 11 years old now. Gracious. And uh, she's from England. And Lois Scott. They're her mom and dad, great pastors there in Sunderland, England.
1: Big move of God in Sunderland. Big move of God.
0: Uh, 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 Lois Scott's. Dad traveled with Smith Wigglesworth. Yes, he And so did. great spiritual heritage there. But their daughter now is grown, has her own family, and leading to worship in Glasgow, Scotland. It's
1: such an incredible prophet. I mean, just I, I enjoy and I learn every single time. So well, hello, everybody. Hello, Debs. Loved seeing you.
0: Only 3% of the nation of Scotland actually consider themselves believers. And so it's a massive harvest field. And we really believe like we uh, we have been divinely connected, Alabama and Scotland, what was the for word? this season.
1: That we would zigzag in and out. And remarkably, already a part of Apostle Wanda Fletcher's team has decided to move to Scotland. I mean, just. She got the text while we were in the middle of announcing uh, the month of Elul at Rosh Kadesh, and she said, I've just gotten a text from Margaret. She's moving to Scotland. She's looking for an apartment. So now we have a place to stay.
0: (laughs) Well, we're looking forward to sharing the content today from our meeting at Power Church with Emma Stark. The Lord spoke to Beverly and I to talk about destiny, which has been a big, big uh, word for us in our journey That's one of the first revelations we actually got, actually one of the first books that uh, Bev and I, uh, Bev helped me write this book. Uh, She's written most of our books, but this one was No High Like the Most High, Divine Direction for Destiny. And so that word destiny, we believe every person on the earth has a God-given destiny, a calling, a purpose. According to the Bible, where it says we have a unique design or a blueprint for destiny, and the uh, transformation book that's now available uh, on Amazon. We talk about that in the identity portion, that you have a unique design or a personal blueprint. Mm -hmm. And so we released a word about destiny. We're praying for you today that uh, whether you just need to be encouraged to continue along the lines of your destiny, or you're just now stepping into destiny and that concept that today you'll be blessed You'll be encouraged and you'll be empowered uh, by this message all the way from Glasgow, Scotland on destiny. Bev, do you have any final thoughts or comments before we take take them to the, to see this part?
1: I do have to say that every time I hear our story, our testimony, because I've just come to understand that every one of us is on our own hero's journey. We go out, we slay our dragons We go through some things, and we come back and we share our story. And prayerfully, the next generation won't have to contend with those same demonic entities, and they are walking in generational blessings. So I pray you are as touched and as blessed as I was. And it's our story. We've lived it. But the power of the word, Mm. of your testimony, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony, and we love our lives not until death. I'm inspired, encouraged, and challenged every single time we share it. So I pray it blesses you as much as it did me. Well,
0: let's watch this and I hopefully you'll be blessed.
1: Really is here for deeply spiritual reasons, but maybe golf as well. Deeply spiritual. Deeply spiritual. Uh, And you actually managed to play the old course in St Andrews. That is quite a win, isn't it? So, anyway, welcome to Scotland and more fully integrated into our lives.
0: we would not to say hello?
1: Well, I am going to say hello. Good morning, Power Church. How are you this morning? Well, I'm telling you, there's so much energy in this room. My heart is pounding, and I'm not sure if it's from the sugar and the tea or because of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to discern the difference. I'm going to share very quickly. This morning, we were getting ready. We were in a royal... Troon. Royal Troom. 5 a.m., We're plugged in. I've got my, and you ladies will appreciate this so much more than you men. So I've got my curling iron plugged in into the adapter converter. And while we were in St. Andrews, it worked great. But this morning, I went to put it in my hair. And it was so hot that a whole lock of my hair just fell off. And I said, oh, my God, what is this? And just like this, Power Church, here you are. Because you have said yes. Mm. You have said yes and you have adapted to everything that has come your way. The great converter has now said, you have exchanged your fear for faith. You've exchanged your weaknesses. For his strength and his power and now you are about to be uncapped the capstone is now coming off that fire and that power oh come on now you know you have it on the inside of you yeah i see it on every one of you there are tongues of fire leaping above your head right now and as the lord said to me he said so he said to me this is the word of the lord to zerubbabel not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord almighty what are you Almighty mountain before Zerubbabel you will become level ground you've exchanged all of your valleys for the mountain top and now he says then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it so now As you receive the word of the Lord, heart conditions are being healed. Mm. There's a a thrombosis in someone's leg that is now being touched, now being healed. Back pain, disjointed hips, those of you who have been wrestling with God, you shall no longer live, but you shall do all that you have withstood to stand under the mighty power of the living God. He has called you. For such a time as this. Now I release my peace. Receive the word of the Lord because you are destined. You are called by name. Never doubt. Never fear. He has brought you here just like Queen Esther. For such a time as this. This is your time. This is your season. Now shout, you mountain, be removed. The great glory of God now has ascended descended returned and you have embraced all that he has called you to do now run with that fire run with that power take it from the ends of scotland to the nations of the world as your people go forth god will anoint you he will empower you and you fear not because god is with you hallelujah
0: amen amen Wow. We're off and running. It's so good to be with Beverly here in Scotland. We've been in 85 nations and never to Scotland. Been to Wales and Ireland and England and all around you and never to Scotland. And man, have we had a blast. We love Scotland. And we have had a great time. We had... Hagesis last night Hagesis so I felt like we were becoming more authentic as the journey goes and uh, It's been a blast we have had some fun and but we have been really looking forward to being here with you Uh, as Emma mentioned Beverly uh, actually was listening to someone on YouTube one morning when I walk into the house and she said you got to hear this girl and uh, called over called me over and it was Emma and uh, I mean I don't know how to say it other than in Alabama we just say she's ballsy you know what I mean it's like she's just she's just ballsy and I don't know if that translates or if that's okay but that's just the, that's the way I say it. she's that girl's ballsy and so she was prophesying in this religious environment and I was like we like her and so uh, Trevor Baker did introduce us to us and we thought we'd have a meet and greet and say hello and connect and she met and Greet for about 10 minutes and slapped her hands and started prophesying for about 37 minutes and uh, it's like she had lived with us for 10 years and so it was a really powerful time and we sure appreciated Emma. and appreciate all that emma and you guys do uh here in scotland but of course Around the world. And uh, so to be here at your church is a great delight. When we pulled up in a taxi this morning, I was delighted to see you have line dancing and uh, uh, karate and bingo. I was like, this church is really getting it on here in Scotland. And then I realized, of course, what was going on. So anyway, but I thought it was the coolest place I'd ever been. I I thought it was going to do some line dancing. I was like, this is all right. Uh, David's great to get to meet him for the first time. And uh, wow. Now we know why Emma's so awesome, because I've met you, you're a, you're, you're a prince, and so thank, nice to meet you, and of course, uh, everyone. Debs, we've known since she was like tiny, maybe 11 years old, and uh, they're in Orlando, Florida, and so anyway, just good, good to be here, and uh, looking forward to sharing with you just for a few moments. Uh, really enjoyed worship, and uh, we just release blessings to you in Jesus' name, Amen. I don't really have a sermon or a message. I just got some thoughts. And I just couldn't get away from the word as I traveled here to you, destiny. I just couldn't get away from destiny. Such a powerful word. And as Beverly and I have worshipped with you this morning, we sense such a spirit of destiny. This is not just a church local gathering it's not just a place where people come to for community there's a destiny there's a destiny on you there's a destiny on their, this place there seems to be a strong destiny on this nation and I just begin to think about destiny and the power of destiny destiny in my opinion is one of the most powerful forces in the earth is when you begin to lock in on destiny, as we get the word destination or purpose or what we're called to be. And I just want in the few moments that we have with you is to hopefully release a spirit of destiny that you can lay hold of, grab hold of, or actually it will grab hold of you. Because you don't grab hold of destiny. Destiny actually grabs hold of you. And so just some thoughts I have about destiny. One of the most powerful thoughts is you don't seek destiny. Destiny seeks you. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says for you, I know the thoughts I think toward you says, says God, thoughts of peace, not of evil to give you a future full of hope, right? It says, then you will seek me and find me after you've searched for me with all your heart until you realize you have a destiny. It's very difficult even to seek God. So destiny grabs a hold of you and awakens something on the inside of you. You actually don't receive destiny at salvation. You receive salvation because of destiny. Now don't get confused with predestination and all this other stuff. So, you know, I know all that's tricky ground, uh, but I'm talking about destiny. I'm talking about the gift of God that's on the inside of you, and the reason God comes to save us is not just for sin. We're not saved only from something. We're saved for something. And when you realize this, it begins to bring a sense of purpose in your life, and it also begins to bring a sense of value for others because I believe every person on the earth is born with a destiny. And so just a bit of our story, you know, Beverly and I, I grew, I grew up in a traditional Pentecostal church, uh, knew about God, you know, and that type of stuff, and, but it was a real Pentecostal legalistic structure. I really never knew God. Uh, I actually tell people I went, to, I, I, got, I went to church because of a drug problem. My parents drug us to church every time the doors were open, right? And so it was, uh, but, we, but it was this, this religious environment, and so I'll never forget I stood in a house at 16 years old, being brought up with this religious fire in a shower, and said, God, I don't even know if you're real. I think you are. You know, obviously my family knows about you, but I'd like to go see what the world has to offer, and then I'll come back and check you out later, that exact prayer, and that's what I did. At 17, I left home and made my way out to the East Coast, and uh, I was in the... Early on into the real estate business and started finding my own journey, didn't go to college. Fortunately for me, uh, as Beverly and I travel around the world, people ask me, Where were you educated? And I simply say, Oxford. And uh, it's Oxford, Alabama. But I leave off the Alabama part. You know, they say, Where were you educated? I'm like, Oxford. They're like, Wow, you're one of those smart guys. It's like, Yeah, I actually am. And so, but I never, never was afforded the educational process, which I love the educational process, but wound up in business, long story short. And so I'm out just roaming. The cocaine was a big popular thing back then, so I bought into that, and that was fun, and run the cocaine trail for several years. And uh, in the midst of this, uh, I'm up in the coast of the Carolinas, and I walk into a, a bar, this private club, and uh, there's this beautiful woman that's the bartender. And, uh, I struck up a conversation with her and we started chatting it up and I asked her out. She wouldn't go out with me. She was seeing someone. She was a very faithful person. I realized that I just thought she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. And so I worked in that territory for several months. Then all of a sudden I came into the same bar, uh, one night and she was there not as the bartender, but as a patron. And we immediately struck up a conversation. The next thing you know, we find ourselves outside. We're drinking. We're a bit high. We're hanging out. And all of a sudden, she looks at me and she says, you're going to be a preacher. I thought, you sure are beautiful, but you're the craziest chick I've ever seen because I'm not going to be a preacher. I mean, I was considering laying hands, you know, but I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't, it wasn't about no preaching. I'm going to tell you that right now. And... Uh, So uh, I'm like, why in the world would you say something like that to me? Well, uh, this beautiful woman was uh, a single parent and she was a pretty big drug dealer. And so she was... uh, She tells me the story. She was driving down the highway on the eastern seaboard of the United States with a couple of kilos of cocaine in the trunk, as a good drug dealer would. She doesn't do drugs while she's traveling. And she's driving with a couple of kilos. And she said, all of a sudden, the sky opens up, and I see someone, myself and a man with microphones, and we're preaching the gospel to thousands of people. She said, I heard, and she said, "I, I told God, you got the wrong girl. And she said she heard God chuckle, like, we'll see about that. Two years went by. Her mom had passed away with cancer. Her mom was a very powerful praying woman, had prayed she would marry a preacher. And she looked at me in that moment and she said, you're the man. You're the man I saw. And the spirit of destiny took over. My life fell completely apart financially, emotionally, etc., just totally went downhill from that moment. Uh, obviously you realize by now that's my wife Beverly. And, uh, that was that gorgeous bartender. She's still gorgeous and she's still serving drinks, but not at the bar. And, uh, she's, uh, we wound up getting married in the midst of all this. And, uh, uh crazy enough wound up back in Alabama, uh, where I was from and, uh, where I'd walked away from God. And, uh, it was interesting when we got back that I had to go to the hospital. I'd collapsed and overdosed three times. And the doctor said, you're stressed out, drugged out. If you don't change, you're going to die. Well, being brought up as a good Pentecostal, you don't want to die outside the will of God because they would preach hell so hot in our church. You would feel it burning on your behind while you're sitting in the pew. So I'm thinking I got to get back to the church right so i go back to church thinking i got to get some things sorted out here because i could be on the way out and we need to make some things adjustments and so i'm sitting in the church about like this and uh all all of a sudden this guy's preaching honest don't remember what he said uh but i felt like i was physically having a heart attack I felt like something was squeezing my heart, and I was about to die. Now in our church, you couldn't pray in your seat. You had to come down to the front to be authentic. And so I didn't pray God save me. I just said, God, please let him shut up and quit preaching, because I think I'm going to die before he ends his message, and I'm going to go to hell. So uh, I said, please, just let him stop preaching. Instantly, he stepped off the platform, came straight to me, grabbed me by my hand. He said, it's time you got right with God. I said, you don't know how right you are. I followed him. I followed him right down front. It was the old Pentecostal where six of the elders got me, you know, three saying, hang on, three saying, let go. You know, and I don't know whether the hang, you know, they're screaming and you're, hang on, hang on, let go, let go. And I didn't know whether to hang on or let go. But all I know was in about two minutes, I encountered something I had never encountered before. And it was the Power of God's deliverance through the power of the Holy Spirit. It was awesome. So I go home and I tell Bev, Bev, I am saved. And she said, From what? And I started telling her all my experience. She says, Oh my God, of course, you have to understand the circumstances at the time because of our, my drug addiction. We had to move back in with our family. We're all living in one house with my mom, my dad. My sister, hers, my her family. It was a horrible situation where we were living, but anyway, I told Bev about. It. I took Bev to the Pentecostal church. She wasn't used to the Pentecostal church. She grew up good Baptist in our in, in 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 our nation. And man, when they started running the aisles and shouting, and you know that was back in those days. You know they would you know had a lot of movement going on and running, and you know everybody had the buns and. You know, they'd start, you know, the hair would start falling down. Y'all, I don't, you ever had that in Scotland or him? I realized why they do this. is because bobby pins are flying. <laughs> you know, anyway, but, uh, that freaked Bev out. Of course, you know, that didn't work. And, uh, so I just said, God, all I can ask you is whatever you did for me, do it for Bev. And just a few days later, she came in the back, uh, whew, Came in the back of our house. We were staying in tears. And she said, uh, we got to go to church. I said, why? What happened? She said, I was in the car. I found about this much of a joint in the ashtray. I was just going to smoke it and forget all of our cares. We're going through so much. And she said, all of a sudden, the love of God filled my car. And she said, I heard the voice of God say, what are you doing digging around in this trash? It's time you came unto me, my child. And she said, I felt wave after wave after wave of the love of God. And she was apprehended and, and saved in the front seat of her car, about to smoke a joint. It's destiny. It's destiny. When you're praying for one of your loved ones, you got to realize that it's destiny. They may be going through something right now, but they've got a destiny, there's a purpose. And so we didn't know what in the world we're going to do now, right? All of our worlds have converged, and we've been through all this. And, then, and so this power of destiny begins to, begins to move us and begins to take us forward. And so the next thing that, I, that my thought has, of course, about destiny is the power of that. But my next thought about destiny is you don't have to qualify for destiny. Destiny qualifies you. It's in your destiny that you're qualified so we don't know what we're going to do so my dad who had gone through a certain uh, similar experience to me his life had fallen apart my life fell apart so he had a piece of property in Florida that he wanted to develop and said, well, look, till you get on your feet, come help me. So Bev and I moved with my family to Florida. We knew one person in the whole of Orlando, Florida, a guy I used to smoke a lot of dope with. And so I call him up as soon as I get there, and he is so excited to hear from me. He said, man, let's get together. We're going to smoke some weed. He said, it'd be awesome. He said, I got some great weed. It's going to be powerful. I said, I don't really do that anymore. I said, I've been born again. He said, you've got to be kidding me. My wife got born again. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He said, You ever heard of a guy named Benny Hinn? I was like, No, never in my life. He goes, Oh man, he said, that's where we go to church. He said, It trips me out. He said, I love to smoke it. He said, I love to smoke a joint go. He said, It just blows my mind. He said, My wife's all into it. He said, I'm not really not. He said, But it's a wild deal. He said, I tell you what, you and your wife should go with us tomorrow. He said, you can barely get in the place. There's like 7,000 people there. He said, but this is back in the 80s. He said, but all the ushers wear burgundy blazers. He said, I have a burgundy blazer. He said, before God, he said, so I'll wear it, act like an usher, and I'll get us really good seats. So so this guy named Dean Park, I won't say his name, sorry, (laughs) Uh, shows up. Rolls up like Cheech and Chong, you know. I mean, in in, in, a, in their their movie, and takes Beverly and I to Benny Hinn's church, and gets us seats like fourth row back, you know, in, in in this thing. And some isn't it amazing that God would even use a pothead to take you to your destiny? You say, well, how could God speak through him? We well, spoke through Balaam's ass. Surely he can speak through a pothead, right? took us to our destiny. Crazy, isn't it? And so, of course, you know, I'd never known Benny Hinn, never seen Benny Hinn. All of a sudden, Benny rolls out, and now I'm thinking, Lord have mercy. This is over the top, right? And he goes through all of his things, and you know, he's so dramatic, and his accent. I'm like, wow, this is something else. And so, we really enjoyed, the, you know, the, you couldn't deny the presence of God was there, and so we we were blessed by that. And so, we we just thought, well, we'll just start attending church here. So we would just come and sit for a few days. We'd come and sit, and there's a couple thousand people that fit in his building. And so uh, one night we were sitting there, and uh, I felt like, I was like, God, I think you got something for me to do. I just don't really know what it is, but I tell you what, I'll do anything. I'm I'm good. So, I mean, you've helped me. You've saved us. You saved Bev and I. Whatever you need, uh, I make myself available. 60 seconds before God, I said that, Benny stops the whole service, 60 seconds, he stops, he says, you young man in the back, of course, you're like, he said, yes, you, I was like, man. he said, yes, I was like, God, you can't be this real, <laughs> like I just prayed, God heard it, somehow it got connected to God, somehow God's connecting to him, I'm like, this is freaking me out, right, he says, come here, you and your wife. He brings us down front. He looked at me right now as he said, the trials of the past have come to an end and the glory of tomorrow will be revealed to you in clarity. For I'm going to place you in a place of ministry where wounded lambs will come your way, and you will deliver them from the oppressor. Not only deliver them, but strengthen them and see them grow. And I'll place you in a place of ministry. Be strong, be strong, be strong, says God, for I'll place you in a place of ministry, and nothing will stop me from accomplishing my purpose in your life." I looked over. My wife, a good Baptist, is on the floor, out. This Holy Spirit knocked her out. I'm thinking, what in the world? Destiny. So I get up, or she gets up. We sit down, and we just kind of find our way to the front row and kind of sitting there. Y'all know how this. I know y'all. I've seen y'all online. Y'all, y'all get there a lot of times. And uh, and so, yeah, you know, we're just kind of like in that. And we're, and, uh, and we're sitting there. and All of a sudden, Benny stops. He goes, "You're going to be in the ministry with me." I'm like, "This cat doesn't know, like, my, you know, where I. I don't have any education. I don't have any training." You know, this time I hadn't even read the Bible completely through. You know, I don't know how this is going to happen, but he said, You're going to be in the ministry with me. It's interesting. So we just started. I went back in the real, uh, real estate. We da, 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 went on just volunteering at the church, doing what we can to be a part, loving God, loving Jesus, enjoying being saved. And uh, all of a sudden, one night, I had a dream. And I dreamed I was preaching. And uh, I. It was as real as you're in this room. And God said, I said, what am I supposed to do? He said, see Benny. So I I didn't really want to tell God, like, you know, that's not as easy as you would think. But uh, but either way, okay, see Benny, this instruction. So they all of a sudden had a get-together for volunteers, people that were volunteering the church uh, for a gathering. And Bev and I were invited, and we're just sitting there having a bite to eat. And all of a sudden, Benny walks. He said, you're Kent, right? And I said, yes, I am. He said, Two nights ago, exactly when I had the dream, he said, God spoke to me. I said, what did he say? He said, you're going to be a pastor, one of my pastors. I said, look, I don't have any education. I don't have any training. I've still not read the Bible already already through. You know, I'm just kind of getting started. He said, God said. I said, what do I do? He said, come to church Sunday night. This is the way Benny operates. So I said, okay. So I went to church Sunday night. Bev stayed home with the kids. All of a sudden, Sunday night, Benny says, Kent, right? Kent, yep, come here him He said, everybody, this is one of our new pastors. So I go home and I tell Bev, I'm like, Bev, I'm a pastor. And she goes, how'd that happen? I said, I don't know. Benny just patted me on the back. And he said, I'm a pastor. She said, are they going to pay you? I said, I didn't even think to ask. Just, you know, I just, he's a pastor. And so, so Monday morning I show up at the pastor's meeting, real pastor's. Like, these are real pastors. Like, they've, you know, read the Bible, been to Bible school, been to college, pastored their own church, and they're sitting in a room, like, real pastors and me. So, Benny starts, what's your burden? And one's like, China, seniors, children. And I'm thinking, dang, I don't have, I I gotta get a burden. (laughs) Like, 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 like. Like, I didn't realize you had to have a burden for to be a pastor. And so I'm like, oh, God, what is my, give me a burden. Lord, what is burden? And is nothing. I'm not burdened for nothing, but nobody, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Because I'm, the burden train is moving around the table, and that's my first day as a pastor, and I have got to get me a burden. And so I'm like, God, give me a burden. And, and I was like, what, well, I'll just make something up, I guess, you know, like. Africa. I don't know. I'll just make up a nation, and I thought it wouldn't be good to lie the first day as a pastor, and so, you know, it's, it's so, but here it comes. The burden train's moving around the table, and so it gets, and I'm thinking, I'm sweating Oh God! I knew, I knew I wouldn't. It's like mistaken identity, right? Like, I'm not supposed to be here. It's like one of those nightmares. You, you know, you're somewhere with no clothes on. Like I'm, like, I'm not supposed to be here doing, doing, doing this, you know, and uh, so it gets to me, and I was he said, Kent, what's your burden? I said, I don't have any. I've cast all mine on the Lord. He said, brother, we're going to be really good friends, me and you. And God instantly gave us faith, gave me favor with Betty. And, uh, we just, God knit our hearts perfectly. And so Beverly and I were the singles pastors for two years there. And then in 1990, The Lord spoke to us that we would help him when he started his television and crusade ministry. And so we started with one chair and one camera in the parking lot of the church. And uh, the next thing you know, it just exploded. And so over 10 years, we traveled the whole globe uh, together with Pastor Benny Hinn of all people. What is it? Destiny. It's destiny. Won't you look at your neighbor, just tell him you got a destiny. Look at your other neighbor, tell him you got a Destiny. There's no telling where you're going to wind up in this thing because you got a destiny. You're destined by God for something significant that He wants to do in your life. Destiny's perfect in timing, it's perfect in timing. God always makes sure you're at the right place at the right time for destiny to unfold. He'll put you at the right place, at the right person, the right, right time for destiny to, to, to unfold. Uh, just, it, I can tell you story after story after story about people just being at the right place at the right time for destiny to unfold and unlock. The God Channel, I think that y'all enjoy here, the founders of the God Channel met with Benny and I on a bus and had nothing but the dream of the God Channel. And, uh, I gave them my air miles, and Benny invited them to a crusade to, to get to America, and we were going to try to help them, but things got busy. Benny didn't get to meet them, but they set by a guy that owns a television broadcasting system in Florida in that meeting and gave them the money to start the God Channel. What is that? Destiny. Somehow God knows how to have you at the right place at the right time. So don't be discouraged if you're in the waiting process because sometimes destiny will just hold you there. It says Joseph's feet was held with fetters while the word of the Lord tried him. Sometimes you just hold him because destiny has to match timing, has to come when you're ready, when God has allowed you the preparation process. And when you're ready and destiny's ready, that's why the Bible says when the fullness of time, the fullness of time had come. Destiny begins to unlock. Destiny begins to unfold. Supernatural things begin to move, move you in a supernatural way. And so I had just thought, well, I'll just, this is all I'm ever going to do. Bev was, Bev was just, she's a saint, right? Uh, married to a sinner. But she's a saint. And she, can you imagine, I travel with Benny 250 days a year. 250 days a year for 10 years. And Bev raised our children, managed the home. She did it all. And she simply said, "Ken, as long as God's grace is on us, I'll do it. And we had concluded that this will probably just be the rest of our life. That's just what we would do, and we'd just, just do that. And one morning, I woke up in a South Africa on a crusade, and God said, it's time to leave Benny. He said, in the next 10 years, you'll travel the whole earth. Your family will be by your side, and your strength won't fail you. And I had to go to Benny and say, Benny, I felt like God, this is what God told me. He was so gracious. He said, look, you've been so faithful to me. You've served me faithfully for all these years. He said, here's what we'll do. He said, you just work for me one weekend a month. I'll, I'll book you in the biggest churches before and after the Crusades, pay you a full sar- salary. I just don't want you to struggle. Pay you a full sal- salary, just work one weekend a month, and we'll build you up a ministry. So in a couple of years, you just step right into it. And it's going to be awesome, I said. Benny, that's so cool. So I came back and told Bev. We were rejoicing that. I went to prayer. God said, do you want Benny to build your ministry or you want me to build you one? He said, it's time you left Elijah and found the God of Elijah and gave me the scripture. Moses left Egypt seeing him who was invisible, not fearing the wrath of the king. I had to go back to Benny and say, I can't take anything. We just got to go. And so. Back then, we didn't have cell phones, right? And so uh, it shows how old we are. Like we didn't have cell phones, but we had answer machines. And so our first office after leaving Benny in our international ministry was, our first office was two popcorn tins. I don't know if y'all have those here. They're popcorn tins that you get for Christmas. It has three flavors of popcorn in them. It's my favorite for Christmas. If any of y'all want to shop for me later on in Christmas, I love that. And so those were empty. We had an answering machine on one and on the phone another. I knew thousands of people, pastors, right? I've been traveling for 10 years with, with Pastor Benny. I could call, wrote letters. God said, no, you just sit here and watch destiny unfold wrote no letter made no phone calls bev and I get up in the morning drink coffee and we'd watch those tens I said God you know where we are if you if you if you said we'd travel the earth the globe you know where we are you know how to find us if they call we'll go no questions asked one day about three or four days later the phone rang so I grabbed it, it the pastor he said do you ever get out and preach Benny ever let you get out and preach I said that's actually what I'm doing now he said could you come to my church I said, let me check my schedule course, right? (laughs) I happen to be available. (laughs) Literally, that first year, we physically circled the whole earth preaching just as God told Bev in the vision with microphones to thousands of people. What is it? Destiny. You can't stop it. It's the most powerful force on earth. Once you get a hold of God's destiny, you can't be stopped. It gives you the momentum. It keeps everything going. It's destiny. We're, we're being led by something we can't see. We're being driven at times. We're being protected by times. We're, I, when I drove, when we got in the cab this morning before God, I looked and there was a huge angel on my left and a huge angel on my, flying by the cab. Like escorts, they must have knew exactly where this church was because they were like, (laughs) destiny. you got a destiny. We've got a purpose. And when you begin to realize that and you begin to understand the power of that, then you begin to realize that destiny never dies. Sooner or later, the seed of destiny will break through the husk of iniquity. Have you ever seen grass come up through your concrete? Sooner or later, the seed of destiny will burst forth through the husk of iniquity. And you will be walking out your purpose. Whatever has tried to limit you, stop you, keep you from walking in it, sooner or later, that power of the seed of destiny that's on the inside of you, it doesn't die. It will come alive and it will break through. And so Bev and I are out traveling the nations, and we're just having the time of our lives. I thought, this is what I was made for. I mean, just perfect. And, and then, it, you know, it, it dawned on me that when I was six years old, six years old, my sister just told us this the other day, because she used to babysit me. She said she was, you know, how they tell stories on you. You know, I'm the youngest of my family of five, and they were telling stories because I'm the youngest, and they said, can you remember... Kent was six years old. My, my next-door neighbor was my friend. She was a girl girlfriend, girlfriend, but not at six. You know, she was my friend named Beverly. And I used to pretend when Beverly would come over to my house, my sister told me I'd put a suit on with a tie, and I had this little car, and I was pretending that me and Beverly were traveling around the world. And I would have, do y'all have bologna here? Like, uh, it's a type of like a salami. Or hot dog so I would pretend that it was shrimp you know or whatever we thought was exotic food because I wanted to eat at nice places I wanted to be with Beverly and I wanted to drive around the world in my car see people think well that's child's play it's destiny that's in you there's God puts this these things on the inside of you and so anyway I got off there a minute but that was pretty good (laughs) so we were so here we are traveling around the world, and I had had a gallbladder uh, attack with a gallstone. Went to the emergency room. They said, you've got to get your gallbladder removed. So I'm all there by myself. I was rushed in an ambulance. I'm sitting there, and uh, this was prior to our, all of our travels. And uh, I said, God, what am I going to do? They said, I've got to have surgery. He said, no, quote, I think, Jeremiah 24:29 is my word not like fire and like a hammer that breaks the stones in pieces. I put my hand on it, said it, and was healed instantly. Popped right out of the emergency room for five, six years, never had a problem. So now Beverly and I are hustling around the world, preaching, having a glorious time. And we're in Iceland. All of a sudden, the pain comes back after six years. Well, I knew how to handle that, right? I put the same word on it. You know, I rebuked it, and it didn't buke. You know what I mean? Same word, nothing happened. Pain's still there. So we, So we got... This is, him, this is the power of the destiny, and how important it is to God. See, here's something most of you don't know, how important your destiny is to God. His economy depends on it. That's our responsibility. And so here we are traveling around the world, and all of a sudden the pain comes back. I wind up back having the surgery with several complications. What was a 30-minute process? Wound up keeping me in the hospital for 30 days. In the midst of this, we're living in Florida, we're traveling around the world. In the midst of this, God wakes me up at, you know I'm on all kind of meds and everything else wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and says, "Your river's provision is over here. Move back to Alabama." I said, Bev, God just woke me up, so we're moving back to Alabama." She said, "You're on so many meds, you don't know who's talking to you right now. You just go right back to sleep." Sure enough, God confirmed to her, here's what God told me that shifted my theology. He said, "I'm sorry." I had to allow this to happen to you. He said, but I had to set my eaglet down so I put a stone in your crawl. I didn't realize chickens and eagles don't have teeth. They have crawls, and they they ingest little stones that grinds up the food for digestion. If they ingest a stone too big, it sets them down and they can't fly. God said, I had to set you down so you'd quit flying everywhere so I could talk to you. You've been too busy to listen. He said, here's the good news. Good news, your destiny will take you to where you're supposed to be. Here's your choice. You can get there by revelation or tribulation. Your choice. You're going to get there is the good news. Destiny will take you there. You decide the path. You can get there by revelation or you can get there by tribulation. He said it will be detrimental to you. And my kingdom purposes if you don't get up and move back to Alabama And so we packed up we left everything happened supernaturally and we wind up back in Alabama now here's what's staggering you know we Bev and I have a name for God I know y'all have many all the names of God one of our names for God is Jehovah sneaky <laughs> right because you don't you know I, so we wind up back in Alabama had no idea what why Just God said move back to Alabama. Remember I told you earlier in the story how that I had stood in a a Shower in Alabama in a home, and that's where I walked away from God So now 20 years later From that moment in that shower we're back to Alabama Long story short God speaks to us to start a church We don't know how to do it. We don't know where to do it all of a sudden the property where I stood in a shower and walked away from God is the property God gave us to build a church on. Where I should have started 20 years earlier, in God's economy, somehow people don't believe this about God, but he has something that he can do that most people don't understand. He can redeem the time. You see, Jonah's whale, whatever that was, was not a curse. It was grace. It spit him out where he should have been all along. It's called destiny. And so now, on that very spot where we began this journey, destiny never dies. And all of a sudden, we're back on that property where Emma came and preached with us. And... This is where God began to unfold our future, as far as His ultimate destiny was. Now, let me tell you something else that's powerful. I've been Bev, I've been doing this 32 years now, I think, 35 years. And you get and and, and Emma comes and says, "We've just laid the foundation." That's so aggravating. <laughs> Bev told Emma, "That's so aggravating," but it's so true. Can you imagine that God would be so adamant about your destiny, he would take 32 years just to lay the foundation? And here's what blew my mind about how much God loves people. So we've traveled the world. I've been in some of the biggest, glorious Holy Ghost meetings on the earth. Been in the Philippines with Benny where half a million people were there worshiping. Been in India on a runway with 2.5 million in one meeting worshiping Jesus. Seen every kind of miracle you could dream or think of happen right before my eyes. Been involved, been touched by some of the greatest men and women of God that's walked the earth. Walked with them, been with them, lived with them, enjoyed them, blessed by them but I'm overwhelmed that God would do all of that in our life to lay a foundation for 300 recovering addicts. And he took me all the way back 35 years ago, and he said, I told you what my plan was. I'll send wounded lambs your way. And it took me 35 years to get you ready so I could trust you with my treasures. Because in my natural mind, you know, I would be doing crusades. I would be doing the, what Benny did. or I'd be do- You can't do somebody else's destiny. But God has one for you. And so now God has us in Alabama. We have almost, right under 300 that live with us on property. That God has promised us that they would be an army that would shift the whole state of Alabama for the glory of God it's the power of destiny it's in this room I can feel it so many of you are walking already in it but so many of you others are you're being awakened to it in the power of destiny I, one of the most frightening scriptures limitations 1 and 9 says she did not consider her destiny therefore her collapse was awesome once you realize what your destiny is it is the controlling force of your life Paul the Apostle this one thing I do forgetting those things that are behind reaching forward to that which is ahead I'm laying hold of that which I have been laid of, laid hold for. That's destiny. And many people start, but few people finish. And this is where I want to leave you before we pray today with this thought of destiny, is the anointing of destiny to finish. Paul was a, had a finishing anointing. He said, I have finished My course, kept the faith. Jesus, anointing to finish, right? The author and the finisher of my faith, right? You see throughout the Bible, Bev read it earlier, Zerubbabel. Your hand started it, your hands will finish it. There's an anointing that I'm going to release to you today that I carry, that Beverly and I carry to finish and finish well. So in the midst of all this destiny and all this stuff, God spoke to me He said, I'm going to give you an anointing that you'll give to others and it's the ability to finish this thing called destiny. Because many people's destinies get cut short and we never fulfill them, right? We see it happen all the time. So God said to me, he said, I said, how am I going to get this anointing? He said, you're going to run the New York City Marathon. I said, excuse me? He said, you're going to run the New York City Marathon. Now, I'm not a runner. It would be different if I was a runner. I mean, I may have run a little bit. I mean, maybe a half mile. But this is 26.2 miles. What is that? 13-something of yours. Whatever y'all's have. Yes, 26.2 miles. It's 13 kilometers? No. 35 kilometers. Yeah. And I got short legs. So, you know, the real runners have a stride. You know, mine's more like, it's awkward to watch. And, uh, but God said, run the New York City Marathon. So I said, okay. So this was uh, in November of 2006. I registered, got in on it, trained. It was very awkward, very terrible. Something else I learned Uh, emma said at our church you got to learn to love the discipline of God here's an interesting word about discipline God's told me in 2006 he said my hands coming on you for discipline I said Lord please tell me what I've done so I can repent he said disciplines never about repentance disciplines never about what you've done in the past It's to prepare you what you're gonna do in the future you don't need endurance to get through the workout workouts producing the endurance that you're going to need in the future whatever you're going through now is not the test it's preparing for the test to come that's why you got to love the discipline of God because it's such a blessing because it's preparation to get you ready for what you're going to walk under down the road and so all this running and preparation getting ready was just to get ready for the race and so I told the whole church, you know, and everybody's cheering me on, and it's exciting, and Beverly goes with me, and she's cheering me on. And so we get there, and long story short, 45,000 people are running this New York City Marathon, and I've told the whole church, you know, about this prophetic picture and everything, da 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 We take off running, and, and, you know, we're doing good. I've trained, right? I mean, I'm, it's short steps, but we're getting there. And so we get all of a sudden, you know, five miles feeling good, 10 miles feeling good, 15 miles. They tell you you'll hit a wall. Man, so, but then about 15, 16, 17 miles, I started seeing people, like, suffer, like, like, get passing out, being carried off by ambulance, cramping up, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And, you know, that, I went, and so I got to think, oh, well, maybe I should just stop, because I've done, like, more than I ever thought I could do anyway, so I'm like 18 miles, and churches still love me, they man, oh, you did good, you know, 18, that's a lot, good, God, God bless you, they're friendly people, so, you know. And so I got to about twenty two, think it or twenty one, and I'm done. I'm done. My legs developed a voice. You know, like you don't have to keep doing this to us. You know, that kind of and I'm like, I'm done. I'm just I'm just gonna quit. And all of a sudden there when you run through the boroughs and I I went from you know to, and I get to this most beautiful black woman I have ever put my eyes on. She must be about seventy-two, three I thought, and I don't know I've, out of a hundred thousand people, I walked. I just just walked right over to her. She looked at me. I had my name on my shirt. She looked at me. She said, "Kent, don't you dare quit now." you've come way too far to stop now and I felt the surge of God come from the crown of my head to the bottom of my feet and I felt that energy I'm off I'm running and the next thing you know we're at mile 24 25 and there's a million people one million people that are watching you run I've never experienced anything like it in my life, and they are roaring for you to finish, cheering for you to finish, screaming for you to finish. A million people, you can't imagine the sound. The last two miles, you literally, if you can make it to that point, you can ride the momentum in the atmosphere. That's how tangible it is. And now all of a sudden, those last two miles, I get into these million people screaming for me to finish. And just like this, God said, this is Hebrews 12. This is what it looks like in the great cloud of witnesses. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, seeing that we are encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. If your eyes could be opened today, you would see all of heaven's witnesses cheering you on to not stop until the mission's completely filled. Don't stop until the destiny is completely finished. Don't stop until you've done everything that God told you to do and you finish the race and you finish it with joy. This is the will of God for you concerning your destiny. I wish I could tell you easy days are coming, but that is not true. I wish I could tell you there is no more trouble on the horizon. I wish I could tell you it's going to be smooth sailing, but none of that would be true. In the days ahead, the only thing that will sustain us is do we have a destiny and do we believe in it or not? Do I have one as an individual? Does this church have one? Does this nation have one? Then if so, we're going to fight for it. We're going to stand for it. And whatever we have to endure, whatever we have to go through, we will not give up. Because sooner or later, destiny will break us through to the place that we're supposed to be in. So I want to encourage you with that and bless you with it in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise in here today, will you? I don't know about you, and I know I'm the one talking, but I enjoyed every minute.
1: Okay, so we got a text, and I think we were right in the middle of the. Mi- Our at time with oh my gosh, with Emma and David went so quickly, but right in the middle of it, I think she got a text from the her worship leader, and she said, "Kent was a ten out of a ten. Can we please <laughs> have him back again?" <laughs> so it was. Incredible. The atmosphere was electric. Everyone was just so incredibly touched. And I think that really the atmosphere shifted, and especially the anointing to finish. We mm-hmm. really have been praying into that, and we believe God's given us a real key for that. So we'll share that a little bit later.
0: And so we're hoping that you're finding your way into your purpose and your destiny. You'll see a link in the comments. <clears throat> Excuse me. We Believe, I wish we had known this way back. You know, we've learned so much in our journey. And so uh, along those lines, uh, we, we live right beside an interstate called Interstate I-20 here in Alabama. And my brother actually worked on that in 1970, if my you can imagine. Goodness. And it took him forever to get this interstate. But now people are going by every day at 70 miles an hour. And so we see what pioneering That's looks right. like. And so we wish we had known what I'm about to tell you now. Years ago, but now we found it and hopefully your destiny is gonna unfold much quicker than ours did because of this these insights. But the concept of identity through recognizing your spiritual giftedness is so, so powerful. It will save it's you. It's
1: so empowering. Yes. It truly is because it it cuts out all of the chaff. I mean, you don't have to to just Search to the right or to the left. It's right there in front of you, which is pretty remarkable. So the
0: Holy Spirit has gifts. We know that according to Corinthians 12. Jesus has gifts to the church, Ephesians 5. But God the Father has given gifts to every person on the earth. They are in humanity. And these are the redemptive, creative gifts. There's a site, lifeoffreedom.site.
1: S-I-T-E.
0: Thank you, Beverly. L-I-F-E, Life of Freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M. Dot site. That's S-I-T-E. life. L i f e of o f freedom. F r e e d o m dot site. Here we are. <laughs> life of freedom dot site, and you can click on that link, and it will take you to a free assessment where you can learn exactly what your redemptive gift is. And when that happens, destiny's going to explode on the inside of you. So make sure and go to that site. Get a hold of that free access. And then, of course, if you'd like to further your knowledge, you can get the Transformation Workbook at Amazon, and uh, hopefully you'll be blessed by that. Any last words, Beverly, today about destiny?
1: I do want to say that I believe it is within your destiny to go through this workbook because I'm doing it, and it is so unbelievably powerful. There is so much information in here, but it's broken down in such a digestible, palatable way. I don't feel overwhelmed. By it, and I I love every aspect of it, especially when you get into the heart of what all of the gifts are: God's gifts, Jesus' gifts, redemptive gifts. Mm-hmm. They're all right here. And you're going to recognize yourself, maybe not in every one of them, but you'll say, Oh my gosh, that's my mom, or oh my gosh, that's my dad, or my brother, or my sister. And you begin to recognize why your interactions within your families are are the way that they are because of your personal gifting. So I encourage you, go through this workbook. I think you'll really enjoy it and then share it with someone. And that's a really encouraging thought from me because I can't wait to finish mine. Um, my friend Wanda said, I thought we were doing these all together. And I said... No, I said this would take forever. I get hung up on one page and just want to know all of the material. So just at your own pace and at your leisure, just go through this workbook. I think it will really be transformational and be a real agent of change in your life. So enjoy.
0: We're praying for your destiny to unfold and for God to use you powerfully because you are gifted and you are called with a purpose. So until next time, continue to walk in the freedom that Christ has died for you to have. We like to say from Galatians 5, 1, that it is for freedom, that Christ has made us free. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.